The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota. Remember the Wells on February 22nd, 2015, based on Romans 8, verses 31 through 39. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit draws us closer to our Savior is Romans 8, verses 31 through 39. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charges against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all the day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, oh, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, wash clean in the blood of our risen Savior. Mommy, I need a hug. A hug dries tears. A hug soothes pains. But hugs aren't just for little children. How many hugs aren't exchanged at a funeral? Those hugs say, I'm here for you. I want to share your grief. Nothing is separating us. If God is for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? The text says. And with these words, these verses in Romans 8, the Lord embraces us with his love. Christ's love hugs us close. That's the theme we want to focus on here this morning. Christ's love hugs us close. Believe it. Despite the condemning accusations, believe it despite the overwhelming burdens, Christ's love hugs you close. Yes, believe it despite the condemning accusations. Picture God's courtroom and just don't think about the last day, judgment day. For we stand before God every day. We stand in his courtroom. For you see, we are accountable for our every moment, for our every thought, every feeling, every want for our every word and action. And Satan accuses us. 
That's what his name means. He's the adversary accusing us in God's courtroom. You have broken God's law, he says. I know you have because I was there urging you on as you gave in to your sinful desires. How could God love you, you lawbreaker? The world accuses us. You Christians, you say you know right and wrong. You judge us for doing our own thing. You talk big about love, but how often do you fail to show love yourselves, you hypocrites? And even our own consciences accuse us. Why do I have so many worries and doubts? Don't I trust God's promises? Those short-term pleasures that sin promises seem so enticing, and yet the guilt afterwards is so heavy. Why can't I do the good I want to do without my selfishness and pride polluting even my best efforts? How am I ever going to stand before the holy God in his judgment room? Yes, what weighty accusations condemning us But if God is for us, who can be against us, the apostle writes? If God is for us. But isn't that the core of Satan's accusation against us? Isn't that what Satan wants to convince you and me, that God really isn't for us? That he's actually against us because of our sins? Isn't that what terrifies our conscience? that God is against us and we're going to end up standing before him with our sins counted against us and he will damn us to hell because of those sins. If God is for us. If only that would be true, our hearts lament. But dear friends, before you give in to despair, Listen to what God has done for you. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? If God were against you, would he have opened his arms to send his son, his only son, his own, dearly beloved, only begotten Son. If God were against you, would he have given up his most precious treasure, the one dearest to him, and not spared him even the worst of hell's punishments in our place? If God were against you, would the Son have spared no cost or suffering to carry the burden of our sins in our place? If God were against you, would the sun have opened wide his arms for the soldiers to nail the, his hands to the cross? Would the father have forsaken his son instead of you and me? Yes, God's love opens his arms wide to embrace us. Christ's love hugs us close. Believe that, dear friends. Believe that despite the condemning accusations. 
stand in God's courtroom embraced by his love that is yours in Christ Jesus. Yes, Satan, the world, even our own conscience will still hurl their accusations at us. But God, God is greater than all those accusations. If God is for us, and he obviously is, who can be against us? Yes, they will still hurl their accusations, but remember who the judge is, who, who the one who's handing down the verdict is. He's the God who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for you. He is the one who justifies you, who declares you not guilty, who acquits you. Just as the text here says, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies how wide he opens his arms to embrace us in Christ Jesus so that we stand before him justified, acquitted. But how can he do that? Doesn't that go against justice? Because you see, our guilt is beyond dispute. Our sin ought to condemn us to death and hell. That's what we deserve. Shouldn't justice damn us? Couldn't Satan or the world or our conscience overrule God's verdict and condemn us as the sinners we actually are? How can God justify guilty sinners like you and me and still remain the holy, just God who does no wrong? Well, the answer to that, dear friends, in a word, the answer to that, if you want just one word, is Christ. But the apostle brings this whole truth home to us by not just giving us that one word. He expands on Christ. He expands on just what Christ has done so that we are not condemned, and yet God is just, even though he justifies us guilty sinners. The text says, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So how can God justify guilty sinners and yet remain the holy and just God? Because Christ Jesus, the innocent one, has died in our place. His death has paid for all sins. Yes, our sin, our crimes, have not gone unpunished. Jesus was punished in our place. And that's why God can justify guilty sinners. Justice has been satisfied because Christ died for us. Now, how can we be sure of that? Because Christ Jesus, who died, has been raised to life. God raised Jesus from the dead as the proof and guarantee that he has accepted Jesus' death as full payment for our sins so that you are acquitted. Your sins no longer count against you. Yes, what love. What love the Father has lavished on us through the Son, Jesus Christ. Now, after a couple, a married couple, a husband and wife have had an argument, 
a hug often says, you are forgiven. How much more Christ's love. For you see, Jesus not only has risen from the dead, he is at God's right hand. And what is he doing there? He is interceding for us. That, 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 picture him as your defense attorney. He stands before, between God and us. And what is the evidence he presents? His own body that carried away our sins. His blood that he poured out for your forgiveness. His once and for all sacrifice for you stands before God in his courtroom forever. Yes, what love. And just as a hug can say, I forgive you, so also Jesus' love embraces us and brings that forgiveness close to our hearts. Through his word and through his supper, his love embraces us as he hugs you closer and closer and says to you, don't listen to those condemning accusations anymore. For he, for I died for you. Here is my body, here is my blood. I have risen because God has acquitted you. Believe the love the Father has for you. Believe how much I, the Son, love you. Christ's love hugs us close. But Jesus, a part of us says, but Jesus, if you love me so much, why do things still go wrong in my life? How come the more closely I follow you, the tougher life gets? How come your love doesn't make my life better? At times I feel overwhelmed by the burdens. Rather than feeling like a conqueror, I feel like I've been conquered, like a butchered sheep or a lamb led to the slaughter. How can we keep on believing despite the overwhelming burdens? So often we only listen to half of the promise God makes. We hear phrases from the Bible like more than conquerors or not tempted beyond what you can bear or I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And then we imagine that God will somehow make power well up from within ourselves so that we can conquer and overcome, bearing up with the strength of our own resolve and uh, determination. In fact, some people use the word faith to mean confidence in my own resolve. But that takes what God says and turns it on its head. For you see, those promises are not talking about our power, they're talking about God's power. His power that shows its completeness when we are weakest. Our power gets in the way of God's power. And our power will fail. I think of Teddy Roosevelt, the former president. He exuded determination 
and resolve. It seemed like nothing could stop him, whether he was leading his Rough Riders uh, in the Battle of San Juan Hill or whether that was later on in a presidential campaign when a would-be assassin shot him in the chest and yet he gave his 90-minute speech before seeking medical attention. He seemed unstoppable like a bull moose. And yet, despite all that determination and resolve, after he made an expedition to the Amazon where he contracted malaria, he returned home an old man and a few years later died at only 60. All the human power, resolve, determination, and zeal cannot and does not make us more than conquerors. And yet, these verses are so often misused to prop up human determination. What an abuse of God's love. For you see, the overwhelming burdens will come. In fact, the hardships, troubles, and dangers of life the persecution and the suffering that comes from following Jesus, even when that leads to nakedness, famine, and death by the sword, it's those things that teach us to hold on to God's love all the more that is found only in Christ Jesus. It's those things that let us know that God is holding us tight for you see, as Christ's love hugs us, how are we going to respond? Are we going to try to squirm away like a squirrely grandchild who says, I don't really need your hug. I can do it on my own. I have the determination. Or are we going to hold on to him all the more tightly? In even the worst of things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Notice that it does not say that we will conquer all things. In many ways, it's almost phrased in the way that, that leads us in a, a different direction. It says, in all things, that letting us know that we will be in these troublesome, burdensome, overwhelming situations. We will be surrounded and pressed in on every side. We will be in the midst of them, but even in the midst, even then, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Think of death itself. Outwardly, death appears to be the ultimate proof that God's love fails. For you see, Christians, God's child dies just like the unbeliever. Our bodies decay just like everyone else's. But you know and believe that your Lord Jesus Christ safely leads you through death. You know that your Lord, who has redeemed you to be his very own, is leading you safely through death into the heavenly victory that he has won for you. And so even death, even in death, 
we are more than conquerors. How much more in whatever other burdens life might try to overwhelm us with. No fallen angel or earthly ruler. No present danger or future trouble. No height of calamity or depth of loss can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's how great his love is that reaches out to embrace us and hold us close. In fact, it is through these things, through these burdens, that we learn to hold on to him and him alone. Christ's love hugs you close. And so, dear friends, hold on to your God. Believe his promises. Cling to him more and more as you say with the Apostle Paul, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.